0: clicked into the get your money right podcast the podcast where not only do we want you to get your money we want you to get your money right this is episode number 21 part two of our three-part credit series and today we're gonna break down how your credit is scored and how you can get it as high as you want i think you're gonna like it let's get it i said we're talking about money money What's the good news, people? Welcome, welcome to the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business. Because I truly believe to be good with money, we got to talk about money, and this show was designed to do just that. I am your host. The Money Misfit, Jamar Dupas, and this is episode number 21. This is part two of our credit scoring series. Well, part one, we talked a lot about the relationship between your credit report and your credit score. And today we're going to dig into the juicy stuff. We're going we're gonna to dig into the credit score itself. We're going to break it down, what it consists of, some tips and tricks and tactics you can use to get it as high as you want. And that should be fun, right? Because that's what everybody's—that's what everybody wants to know. How do I get that credit score up? So if this is your first time tuning in, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for coming and ch- tuning in and listening with us. This is a different type of show or money show, I should say. We talk about money, but we won't give you stock picks. We won't use any of the jargon. We won't even talk about the techniques and things that mainstream media and broke people have told you you need to do with your money. We talk about money as it relates to you, your life, your ambitions, being young, raising families, having outstanding marriages, and wanting to do the big things in life. And how do we use money and not information and knowledge to obtain those things? And if you want to know more about that, you can head over to our website at yourmoneyright.com. Consider joining us, becoming a Misfit. In the Misfit membership area, you get access to our Uh, A couple of episodes we did way back that talks about the roadmap to getting your money right. So if you've ever been confused or have ever wanted some clarity on what you should be doing with your money today, then what you do next, you want to go ahead and jump on that. That is completely free. Uh, You just go to yourmoneyright.com. You register and get that going. And uh, I think you're going to love it. So with that being said, we're going to jump right on into it because uh, I know People want this information. I've got a lot of emails, uh, texts. Some people Snapchatted me, and uh, even tweeted me, and saying they can't wait for the next episode on credit score. So I'm excited about that. And I hope you guys learned something new on the last episode, which I know a few of you did because you told me. Um, but also, don't forget, we're gonna break this all down. We're gonna make it visual. If you're a visual learning like myself visual learner like myself, we're going to break this all down. We're going to have a webinar on July the 28th. That's Thursday. Uh, should be next Thursday if you're listening to this when it comes out. And uh, that webinar or online class or workshop or whatever you want to con- call it, we're basically go- going to go through the process or steps that me and my wife took to get our credit score from bad to excellent, right? And bad is 620 and below 580s. That's where we're at now. Uh, we're in the high 700s and low 800s on our credit scores. We want to show everybody uh, how we did that and not just the tips and stuff, but the strategy behind it. And we're going to talk about the the, uh, the tools we use and all that good stuff. So you can register for that webinar. That is also free. There is no pitch. I don't have anything to sell, um, but you can register for that at yourmoneyright.com forward slash score 750. That's forward slash score 750, 750. You got to put those numbers in there just like that, score 750, and register for that. Again, that is uh, free of charge. We will also be talking about at the end of that, uh, those of you know my vision and know my mission to help uh, a million married couples and individuals get their money right, we're going to start. Uh, you're going to find out information on the first batch. We're looking for 10, just 10 couples, 10 individuals, to help get their money right throughout the, through the end of this year. So from, um, we'll be on vacation for the month of August, but September through December, we'll kind of shut it down in December again, but we're going to walk you through help you get your money right. Uh, talk, talk about how we manage our money, the methods that we use to manage our money and how we make it work on one income, a wife that stays at home with three kids, a couple of cars, we own our home in a nice neighborhood, and we do take vacations and stuff like that. We just want to share that, but we need some guinea pigs. So if any, any of y'all uh, want to or are interested in that, I will talk about that at the end of the webinar as well. So one last thing. Speaking of my wife, uh, she just uh, was interviewed on a podcast, which was inspired by one of our episodes that we did back about how to become a one-income family. And if you haven't listened to that, you can go back and listen to that. But um, if you go over to HighFrequencyWoman.com, that's high frequency, frequencywoman.com, episode 11. My wife was interviewed about her side of the being a stay-at-home mom, especially being a, a black stay-at-home mom, which seems more like a unicorn these days. It's not something we necessarily see a lot. Um, but she was asked about that, the emotional side of it. I talked more about the money side of it, but she talked more about the emotional side of it, the thought process, the benefits and the cons. It's a really, really good interview. She did uh, with my good friend Samara and she has an outstanding podcast uh, for women that talks about just having a whole, whole life, right? Like being fulfilled and, and just having wholeness around you. And it's a really good podcast. So check that out. Go to high and you can jump on that. She's on, uh, um, She's on iTunes and she's on, um, what's the other one? What's the one, the orange? And it'll come to me in a minute, but just go to highfrequencywoman.com, episode 11. You hear my wife, uh, and Samara, they talk, and it's an amazing interview. And, I, and you should you should jump on that. Uh, but anyway, let's get on to it. Let's talk about the quote of the day. And today's quote of the day is by Mr. Abraham Lincoln, and it states. If I had six hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend the first four sharpening the axe. Again, if I had six hours to chop down the tree, I'd spend the first four hours sharpening the axe. And I think that's a really good quote because it speaks to being prepared. And one of the reasons why I wanted to start with the credit score, uh, of getting your credit score and your credit right, is because when you have your credit score and your credit right, there's a, that's preparation for a whole bunch of new little tricks and tips that I want to show you that helps you free up your cash flow, that helps you rearrange things, put more money in your pocket. And also, if you got to go into a situation where you need to uh, go into business or uh, get a new car, if you're going to do the car loan thing, I, I encourage you to buy cash, but if you do uh, do the car loan thing, Uh, and the interest rates are right and the deals are right, you can get the best deals out there if your credit score is good. Also, if you're looking to change careers, uh, we know that some employers, they look at your credit report, and if you got errors on there, things are not, not done right, and you're trying to get this job, you not knowing that your credit report is all jacked up could cost you getting that job. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start with the credit report, because I think it's, it's part of sharpening that ax. Not only is listening to podcasts like this and doing reading and stuff like that, but also preparing your finances for the next level. So I really love that quote, and I hope you uh, like it too. So last episode we talked about more of the relationship between the credit report and the credit score. We talked about what was on the credit report, things like your name, your your, your information, your your payment history, uh, your your credit balances, any derogatory things that's on your report, any uh, liens or bad judgments that's on your credit report. And and how that relates to your credit score. We talked about, um, and, and hopefully you remember it, you know, 83% of all Americans have an error on their credit report. So chances are you have an error on your credit report, right? There's a really good chance. There's an 83% chance that you have an error on your credit report. So check your credit report. We talked about where you can get your credit reports from for free. That's annualcreditreport.com. That's where you get it for free, and there's three bureaus that you can get a free report from. There's TransUnion, there's Equifax, and there's Experian. Those are the three major credit bureaus that you really need to know about and where you need to get your your credit reports from, right? So if you haven't done that homework or if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to that episode and also go get that credit report. Um, and I also talked about a tip that I got from His and Her Money, how they recommend that you get... One credit report from one bureau uh, throughout the year. So every quarter, maybe every every four months or every three months or however you want to do it to where you can see if anything pops up um, throughout the year. I would I like to do it once a year, all three at the same time, maybe at the beginning of the year or the middle of the year. Right now is a good time. If you've never done it, you need to do it today. I like to get all three at once so I can see all three next to each other and check to see if there's any discrepancies between the three reports because if there's the, the, the your score comes from what's on the report. So if there are errors on the report your score will be fl- reflected accordingly and that could cost you quite a bit right. Um, let's see. So we also talked about the FICO versus the FACO or the Vantage score. We talked a little bit about that, but we're going to dig into that today and spend most of our time talking about the the credit score, which if you're not familiar, the FICO score is what you hear. A lot of people say that you need to get your FICO score and FICO score is is uh, the, the granddaddy of the sc- of the scoring uh, game, right? So they've been around the longest, and they're used more widely across the country. And then here comes this newcomer called the Vantage Score. Now, the Vantage Score's been around for, I think, about 10 years now, and it's getting more and more and more popular. They actually state that they're the more accurate of the two credit scores. Um, we talked about some myths already, Uh, On the first episode, which the third chapter of this series, we're going to really dig into the myths and straight out lies that you've been taught about credit scores. But one of those is that that there's a FICO score and your FICO score is the most accurate of them all. And that's not true. Uh, There's actually multiple, multiple FICO scores depending on the the lender or the servicer that you're looking to get your your loan or your your utilities from or whatnot um there's a different fico score for auto companies there's a different fico score for mortgage companies there's a different fico score for insurance companies there's fico scores for so many different scenarios and they change right so like for right now we're on fico score 08 and then there's a fico score 08 for mortgages and a fico score 08 for auto loans and stuff like that so and wherever you get your loan from wherever you get your your service from may be on a four-year-old scoring model, maybe on a two-year-old scoring model. They may be on a different, completely different scoring model than what you can get for yourself. So basically the moral of the story is you can get a FICO score from my, myfico.com, but it does not necessarily mean that's the score that you're going to get from your lender. The only way to really know what your score is uh, from your lender is to get it from your lender right that's the only way if you really want to be accurate you find out what your lender is using asking them to run your score and then that will tell you what your score is based on uh what they're going to be using so that's the only way to really get an accurate credit score so i want to kind of debunk that and get that out of everybody's head and everybody's mind that there's this one uh way or one most accurate credit score that is a myth right so Vantage score. Where did this whole Vantage score thing come from? Well, the three major credit uh, bureaus, which I've already mentioned is TransUnion, Equifax and Experian. They got together and decided that they would create a uh, an algorithm that would uh, allow them to score very similar to the FICO score. Now, when they first started off, the scoring was a little bit different from the FICO score. But today they both have a range of three hundred to eight fifty. Right. 300 being like, come on, bro, and 850 being like flawless, right? Uh, that that infamous 850 score that everybody tries to get to. Well, not everybody, clearly, but uh, very few people do get to that 850. And you can get to 850 uh, if you're, you know, deliberate about it and you have a strategy. And we'll go talk about that as well. Um, but both FICO score and Vantage score, they both have the same range, and they're both trying to do the same thing they're both trying to determine whether or not you're going to be a risk to loan to or give services to right so if you're coming and if i'm a light company and you're coming to me and you want to get uh your electricity on it at your house well i need to know well what's the risk of me fronting you this electricity and getting my money back uh, at the end of the month when it's time to pay your bill so all these credit scores are trying to do is give these lenders and these servicers an idea of how risky it is to deal with you in particular. We talked about credibility, right? We talked the three C's: credibility, cash, and collateral. If you have those three, you're the ideal client for any uh, a bank or servicer or loan or or even a business partner. Um, so that's something to think about with those three C's. So let's get into how how is the credit score actually broken down again we've already talked about the score ranges from 300 to 850 anything below a 620 is considered bad right a 620 to a 659 uh, they consider it poor but you can get a mortgage through like FHA and stuff like that well I think they actually gone up to 640 but uh, don't quote me on that talk to a mortgage broker about that but 620 to 659 they consider poor 660 to 619 is is fair or average, because that's just about average, and 720 or more is excellent. And the reason why I titled the webinar Score 750, because really once you get to 750 or 760, you get pretty much the best rates and the best service that's out there as far as uh, loans are concerned, right? So, um, and I believe everybody can get to 750 and beyond, they just need a little bit of strategy, and that's what I'm hoping to do on that. So when you look at your credit score and you look at that number, it's broken down, um, not necessarily by points, but it's a percentage base. Right. And there's a few categories that is broken down to 35 percent, which is the biggest portion of your credit score. Thirty five percent of your credit score is broken down based on your payment history. So how many late payments you have had or how long you've been. Uh, paying on time. Uh, if you can have no missed payments, you are on your way, right? Um, and the the further back, the if you've had a late payment or missed payment, the further back in years it is, the better, right? A missed payment will unfortunately stay on your credit report for seven years. But as it gets further and further back, as it gets in year two, year three, year four, year five, And you can show two, three, four, five years of on time payments, really one year of on time payments. You'll start to see your credit score start going. But if you can make sure your payments are on time, that is the biggest portion of your credit score. So that matters absolute the most. Right. So if you just had a recent late payment, there's not a whole lot you could do about it other than maybe try to negotiate with your loan uh, or your servicer to see if they'll be nice and friendly or something. Maybe they want to take it off or, or not report it or something like that. Good luck with that, but I've seen it happen. So if you just had something recent, there's not a whole lot you can do but that and then time to wait it out. Um, if you've had a history of, a, of lots of late payments, well, there's a whole lot that you can do. And in fact, if you if you do have a bunch of late payments, Worrying about your credit score is probably the last thing we need to be talking about. We need to be talking about your habits, uh, your thought process, your beliefs, and how you manage your money as a whole because if you're making that many late payments, then you got to get, basically, you got to get control of that first before you can get control of anything else. You won't be able to reach any financial goals if you can't get on top of just making your basic payments on time. So that's probably the thing that you need to be worried about the most if that is, if if that is in fact your case. But the second biggest portion, uh, that encompasses your credit score, which takes up 30% of your score is what it's called the amount owed or, or the utilization. And what do I mean by that? It's not necessarily the amount owed altogether, right? So somebody can owe a million dollars. Somebody can owe a hundred thousand dollars. Somebody can owe a thousand dollars and still have the same credit score. But what it, what it really is looking at is Based on the available credit that you have to you, how much of that are you using? For example, if you have a credit card that has a thousand dollar credit limit on it and you're using i use this example last week, you're using five hundred of that thousand. You're using 50 percent of that balance or of that available credit. That is a red flag when it comes to your credit score right? Because they want you, the the sweet number, the key number is 30%. You never want to go over 30% of your credit card limit. So if you have a thousand dollar credit limit on a, on a, on a card, never go over $300 on that card. Not at one time, not ever, not know how, don't ever spend more than $300, never have a balance over 300 on that credit card. And it's not just that one credit card, it actually is based on your total. So if you have two credit cards with, let's say, a thousand each, right? So you can't have more. You don't wanna go over $600 in total. So you can go $600 on one card because you still are below 30, or you're right at 30% for your 2000 of your total credit limit. Now, I hope that makes sense. And that's what they called your utilization. And that's where a lot of people kind of get tossed up at and whether you see your biggest drops. Well, first you see your biggest and fastest and hardest drops if you miss a payment, especially 30 or 60 or 90 day payments, right? Usually under under 30, they don't always... They don't always report those, so sometimes you can sneak by on that. But if you get past 30, then uh, good luck to you. It's going to take some time and some diligence on to make sure that, uh, that you can make your payments on time. But this 30% that talks about your utilization is your next biggest piece, and this is also the secret. Right. This is the secret sauce. This is the thing that can help you move the needle the fastest when it comes to uh, what affects your credit score. And if you need to make some quick moves, this 30 percent, this category is what you want to focus on. So what do I mean by that? Um, There's only a couple of ways to uh, change your utilization. That's either pay down some debt. Right. Or one of my favorites Is increase the credit limit let me say that again you can pay down the debt till it's below 30% and you ideally want more like 10% 15% 5% the lower the better but you definitely never want to go over 30% so you can pay down the debt down to where it's less than 30% of your total available credit or you can ask for a credit increase and again for example if you have $300, right, on a $1,000 credit card limit. You got a, a limit on that credit card for $1,000 and you've charged, let's say you've charged $400 on it. So right now you're at 40% and you want to get it below 30%. So what you can do is ask for an extra $1,000 on that credit card, right? So now you have a credit limit of 2000 and now that $400 is below your 30%. That makes sense. So, um that's one of the things that can help you move the needle really quick, especially if you're you're kind of close you, you want to uh you getting ready to buy a house or something like that and you just need to kind of uh free up free up some um some utilization, free up some credit, then that's how you can jump your credit score the fastest if you need it right away. And if you think about that strategy-wise, uh, for example, that's what we do um, every six months or so or every year we with our credit card companies. And really, we haven't even had to ask the last couple of years. They just give us an increase and it just drops our utilization and to the point to where now we use credit cards for for pretty much everything. But the way we do it, we use it with no debt. And that's the kind of tricky part. And we're going to reveal that to you. Uh, on the webinar because there is a, a no debt way to increase your credit score to get it up and it's it's really cool I did it's not rocket science but it, it's pretty fun and it's a visual thing so I'm gonna show that to you guys at the webinar but anyway so that's 30% that's your utilization is your 30% so and that's really based on your revolving accounts now uh, the FICO score doesn't really take into much but that the vanish score does however uh, do add into the types of credit and and the types of loans and the balances that are there, but that's neither here nor there, but that's just kind of a little, uh, just a little note on that. So the next largest section, uh, which takes up 50%, 15% of your credit score is your length of credit or your length of history, right? So if you've had a credit card for 10 years, um, then you, you know, you have a credit history of 10 years. Uh, this what this is where a lot of people who have no credit or uh, no credit history kind of run into trouble because they don't have any history. So uh, that 15 percent can be pretty significant uh, in the grand scheme of things. Right. So the longer you have credit. Uh, the better, right? The longer you've shown, the, the longer history you have with dealing with credit and utilizing credit, the better because it just shows that over a long run that you've been responsible or at least you've had some experience with it uh, over time. So the older you get, the more credit you use or the, the, the longer that time period goes, the better, and there's not a whole lot you can do about that, right? There are some ways that you can hurt yourself on that if you are to close credit accounts, right? So if somebody says you need to cut up your cards. Yeah, it's one thing to cut up your cards, but don't close the account. When you close the account, you just delete all that history and you shrink down your credit history, which will also shrink down your credit score. So there's a lot of people, they'll say, well, I stopped using that credit card and I close that account. I don't understand how my credit score dropped. Will it drop because you deleted that history when you closed that account, right? So that's, that's how that affects you on that end. Now, the next 10% is your different credit types or your mix of credit. Excuse me. So you have credit cards, which are known as revolving accounts. So your revolving accounts are things like credit cards and lines of credit, your home equity, lines of credits, things like that. And then you have your installment loans. These are your two biggest things that you really want to be concerned about. Uh, And then your mortgage. The mortgage is actually treated differently. It's a special group all on its own. But um, installment accounts are like our student loans or just a basic loan. So you get a personal loan from the bank or something like that that you pay back uh, in equal increments and stuff like that. Those are installment loans. Uh, You can get installment loans from from stores like like a cons or like um, furniture stores and things like that. They do installment loans a lot as well. So 10 percent of your credit score is based on what type of mix you have. And they like to see a mix of different things, revolving accounts, uh, mortgages, installment accounts, things like that. Uh, Let's see. And then then the last 10 percent is uh, new credit or hard inquiries. Right. So are you applying for a bunch of credit? basically is what that means. So how many times have you applied for credit? And the the more times you apply for credit over, let's say a short period of time, it's a red flag to them, right? It's a red flag to the creditors saying, well, they keep applying for credit. Well, why? Why is it that they keep applying for credit? Are they in trouble? Do they need money? And that's why that matters. That's why that's even in the whole equation in the first place. Now, there are two types of inquiries. There's the hard inquiry and there's a soft inquiry. So one of the myths that people believe is that if you check your credit score too much, you'll, you'll hurt your credit score. That's another one that's not true, because when you look at your credit score, you look at your credit report, you're not applying for credit. So it doesn't matter. So that's what they call a soft inquiry. You can also get soft inquiries from your credit card companies. For example, I uh, one of my cards is a Capital One card, and when we request for a credit increase, they don't actually pull my credit report anymore. They do a soft inquiry, or basically, they look at my payment history. So they don't actually, I don't get a hit or hard inquiry on my credit report. They just look at that and determine whether or not they're going to give me an increase in my, uh, in my credit. So, uh, those are soft inquiries. Now, hard hard inquiries are when you're trying to apply for credit. You're trying to get a house, you're trying to get a car, um, things like that. Somebody's looking at your credit because they're, they're wanting, you're wanting to do business with them for some reason or another. Right. Um, and now there's some caveats to that. So if you're looking for a mortgage or shopping for a car, you are allowed to shop around to various different, Um, auto loan providers or loan providers for your mortgage in order to get a good rate. Now you don't want to go crazy and go hit 10, 15 different inquiries, but you want to do a few, maybe two, three or four, whatever it is and do it within maybe like a two week span um, I think the FICO score gives you about 30 days or 45 days or so vantage score, uh, used to be like 14 days. They may have like, extended that, but you want to keep everything just to be on the safe side. Keep those inquiries in a two week window. That way you don't have to worry about it. Hitting your, uh, re- hitting your, hitting your credit score, hitting your credit report as uh multiple hard inquiries, which could bring down your credit report. Now, it's your credit score. Now it's only 10%, right? Those two big things are your pay, your payment history which is 35% and then your utilization which is 30%. Those two alone is 65% of your score. Now, those are the big ones, but don't sneeze at the other three cuz 15 plus 10 plus 10 that's 35%, right? So, if you mess around and close close your accounts and you, you which could mess up your credit card mix and you have a bunch of inquiries because you're trying to open up new accounts that 35% can hit and hurt you pretty hard so don't don't just ignore them just because they're smaller percentages but if you want to get the biggest swings that 35% and that 30% are the ones that you know those are the those are the big ones when it comes to your credit score now When you're usually looking at credit, you know, you Google how to increase your credit score and things like that. They're going to give you basic tips. And I'm going to run over a couple of basic ones. Right. So the number one is pay your bills on time. Right. That's real clean. That's clean cut. That's simple. It's easy to do. One of the best things you could do is make sure that you get your cash flow management plan uh, on, on point. Right. Uh, one of the things that we did, and we're going to be teaching that when I talked about the uh, the masterclass that we're going to do, is how to live on last month's income to where you're no longer fudging, which some people call budgeting. You're not really budgeting. You're actually forecasting. You're trying to figure out what your bills are going to be based on what money you think is going to come in, and there's a lot of confusion in that. But we're going to teach you to cut that paycheck to paycheck cycles. Therefore, you're living on last month's income. So When you got those bills coming in, you already got the money sitting in your lap or sitting in your account and everything gets paid automatically you never have to worry about being late on a payment ever again we'll are also have show you what software and stuff we use to make sure we don't even uh get mixed off on those what i call gotcha bills those bills that come around just every now and again you know those things like your your you know life insurance or your um, car registration um you know things like that and we'll talk about that um as well But pay your bills on time. Uh, That's that's first and foremost. That's foundational. If you can't pay your bills on time, uh, I don't mean to be harsh, but you shouldn't even be thinking about it. You shouldn't even be talking about it. You shouldn't even feel yourself worthy to have a good credit score until you get your your finances in order to where you can pay your bills on time. Um, The next one is keep your credit card balances below 30 percent period the end. don't ever spend more than 30 than 30 percent so if you have a thousand dollar credit limit you need to look at is all you have is three hundred dollars on that card right Uh, that's just the way it that's just the way to play the game um and and keep your mindset into where you don't mess, mess that up because uh one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is the higher your credit score the faster you'll fall the good news is though is the lower your credit score the faster you can raise so uh where we are in our credit scores it's kind of hard to kind of we only maybe get one point two points at a time, but if you're in the six hundreds you can get thirty forty fifty eighty points uh quickly you know within a year man you 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 could be well into the seven hundreds and above seven fifty especially if you're already in the six hundreds as it is now there's some things that that hit harder than others like bankruptcies and foreclosures and stuff like that. those things just take time, but the older the longer they're on there the less and less and less it hurts. So be uh be of good cheer and be of hope on that one. Uh, So let's see, don't close any accounts, right? So if you got some uh, open accounts, don't close them. Just keep them open uh, until you get a real solid credit history. And then you can start, you know, if you want to play that game, there's a lot of people who do a lot of credit card hacking that do like get like free trips and stuff like that. That's an advanced thing. That's something once you're you're established and your credit score is, is so well that it don't really matter if you're opening closing accounts. Um and that's how they do that. But and we'll talk about that. Maybe have somebody on uh that's an expert on doing that type of stuff too, because I think that's that's pretty cool stuff. Uh have different types of credit accounts. Um you can have installment loans, you can have mortgages. Uh many of us already have installment loans, so we got student loans, uh, but credit cards and stuff like that. If you don't have a credit card, we're gonna talk about the, on the next show, on the next episode. Uh, one of the frequent asked questions, uh, that I get a lot is how do you start if you don't have any credit? So we'll talk about that. But one of the the quickest things you could do with the credit card, uh, is you get a secured card where let's say for instance, you got $500 and you put $500 on this card as a collateral. Remember we talked about the three C's, right? One of those was collateral. So you put $500 on the card, they will give you a credit limit of $500 and then they will report that. Actually, you need to make sure that they are a company that will report that to the credit bureaus to make sure you can start establishing credit because the credit cards are the fastest ways to get your credit score up. Um, But they also are one of the fastest ways to get yourself in trouble if you don't manage them the right way. So we want to make sure we know how to do that. And then only apply for credit when you need it or when you're trying to do something in particular, right? So don't just go out and apply for credit whenever. Don't apply for credit every time they offer you 5% off or 10% off at the register. In fact, you'd probably be better off kind of staying away from a lot of the retailers out there. Now, I say that we do have well, – no, no, we don't. I was getting ready to say we have a Target card, but we have a Target debit card, which saves us 5% at Target. So scratch that, what I was about to say. We don't have any retail credit cards, Um Yeah, no, we don't have any retail credit cards from like retail stores and stuff like that. Um, And and they're not very, they're not looked on very favorably anyway. So uh, don't, uh, don't go out applying for uh, cards at every store you go to, every store you shop at just to save, uh, you know, that 10% or get that little $5 gift card or whatever. Don't, don't get all those hits on your credit report. Right. So um, I talked about last episode where you can get your score from now. Also in this episode, we talked about the FICO and the Vantage score, and we talked about people who say you, you should only get a FICO score because that's your most accurate score. Now, FICO is the most used bureau, but again, they the what they sell you and what they sell the servicer are different products, right? But they at least give you a better idea if you know that whoever you're going to be uh, borrowing from uses the FICO score, you can actually call up there. So say for instance, you're getting ready to buy a car and you, you got a credit union, for example, and you can call your credit union place. Hey, what FICO score or what credit scoring bureaus do you use? So some of them may use a FICO 08 from Equifax. Somebody may use a FICO 06 from TransUnion, right? So sometimes they'll tell you that, they should be able to tell you that sometimes they don't know. Just keep asking until you get to somebody who knows that way you can kind of find out exactly what you're dealing with. And then you you can see what you're looking at. But anyway, if you want to get a FICO score, you can go to myfico.com and you can pay for a score there. That's different from the credit report, right? The credit report you can get for free. um, And that's uh, from annualcreditreport.com. But my FICO, they have paid uh, credit scores you can get from each of the three bureaus. Now, my favorite thing is to do is to use the free services. Um I use two, actually use three. I use uh, Credit Karma and uh creditkarma.com. I use Credit Sesame and it's creditsesame.com and I use uh CreditWise from Capital One. So one of my credit my Capital One credit cards uh give me a credit score from uh, I think it's TransUnion, but it's the Vantage score, I believe. But I like Credit Karma and Credit Sesame for a couple of reasons. One, they give you free scores and they give you regular updates. Number two, inside they have these apps on your iPhone or on your Android. They have these apps that allow you to see how you're doing. So it'll allow you to get grades. So say for instance you have five hard inquiries uh, for credit on your deal they'll tell you say hey you got five inquiries you need less or you can do better this is a c or this is a d or this is a b this is an a and say hey your utilization reported last month was at 22 percent you know be careful don't go over 30 percent or it'll say hey your utilization at five percent good job great job keep doing what you're doing so it allows you to track your progress on the fly and it's absolutely free now they will send you credit card offers in your email, uh, mortgage offers in your email and stuff like that. And they're not going to send anything to your house, but they'll, will send you emails for offers, uh, to try to get you to apply for credit cards and stuff like that, because that's how they make their money. It's not all free. They're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart. So, uh, the way they make money is when people sign up for, or get mortgages or try to apply for credit or get credit cards and things like that. Um, but it is free for you if you don't, you know, if you don't take them up on their credit card offers. Um, now, I will, uh, as a disclaimer, I did take them up on one of their offers, Credit Karma's offers, a few years back, and I think that's how I actually got a Capital One card, because they, they have some ratings and reviews and stuff on there, so you can kind of look at what other people are doing and your chances at getting getting the card, uh, or whether it's slim or whether you got an excellent chance to do that, but it's not always 100% accurate, <clears throat> excuse me other places you can get it from is Quizzle.com, credit.com mint.com that's mint m i n t.com again like i said capital 1 gives you one discover discover card i actually think they give you a fico score and amex or american express i think they give you a fico score as well so uh check your credit card companies that you may already have access to that but again the two of the favorite that i use and i'll show you exactly what they look like on the webinar and how we use it on the webinar, but basically how we use it is we just use it to, to trend and see how we're doing. And, uh, when you're getting ready to apply for a loan or apply for, uh, or anything like that, you can look it up and you can, like I said, you can call your servicer and see which ones they use. And if you notice yourself as getting a good upper, t- upper, upward trend, you know, you're in a good place, right? Uh, so at least that'll help you keep you accountable, uh, and give you something to look at, and and uh, that's a good way to do that. Let's see, we're 40 minutes into this thing. Let's go ahead and call it a quit. So next episode, what we'll do next episode is we're going to go through some myths and straight lies. we're want to talk about some tips you can use uh, if you're just starting from scratch. We're going to touch on what it's like to uh, build your credit without any debt, um, but that's really going to be, uh, we're going to save that. Most of that, because it's a visual deal, to be honest with you, for the webinar. Again, if you want to register for the webinar, uh, that just head over to yourmoneyright.com forward slash score 750. That's yourmoneyright.com forward slash score 750. All the links and everything that we talked about uh, here in the show will be on the show notes. You can get that at yourmoneyright.com forward slash EP21. That's Echo P, as in Paul, I don't know, twenty one. Uh, EP is short for episode, episode 21. Uh, and you'll also have a link to register for the webinar there. If you just want to go there and have all the links in one different place. If you're on the email list, uh, I'll also blast this out to you. And also I'm creating a guide, uh, so you can have a a visual and something to have with you and, and, and to look at when we go through the next episode and the webinar. And it's something you can just have to take home with. You'll be a PDF. Uh, we'll try to make it pretty and neat. Uh, Johnnell's going to be working on that because, you know, if you got the, uh, guide to a free education that we did a few, few episodes back, you see how pretty and beautiful that is. And we'll do that up and it'll be nice. It will kind of be like an ebook, so to speak, but it won't be, you know, a hundred pages, but it'll be a, a cool guide on how to get your credit and maximize your credit and utilize it and stuff like that. And you want to get that uh, in time for, for the webinar. So make sure you get on our email list to get that. Or just join the Misfits. If you join the Misfits, you'll automatically be on our emails list. And I'll also post that in the back office so you'll be able to see that in the Misfits Only section. So you don't have to worry about that. So that's all I got today. Hopefully that was useful. 42 minutes into this thing and I'm trying to make this thing, uh, these shows as jam-packed as possible with all the information as possible. Remember, uh, send me your questions over at jamar at yourmoneyright.com. That's J-A-R-M-A-R at yourmoneyright.com. Or you can hit me up on Twitter. You can hit me up on yourmoneyright.com. There's a contact form there. All my misfits, you know, you can ask me a question. There's a cool voicemail uh, app I got in in the Misfits Only section. You can ask me your question. Those questions that I get, that get asked back there will get answered first and foremost because I'm going to take care of my misfits, right? And uh go ahead and send me those questions so I can have them in time for the next next episode. You got uh, every episode comes out every Monday, so y'all know that. And I try to record these in advance. So get those out to me as soon as you hear this episode so I can get that in the next episode and we'll get that jam packed and whichever questions I don't get to, we'll get to them in the webinar. I promise, I promise, I promise. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate you being here with me. You all take care. Look, no matter what you're going through right now in your finances, no matter what it's looking like, I promise you I've been there. I've been broke. I've been out. You you've heard my stories, right? You've heard you, you've heard my humble beginnings. You've listened to the episode on how being expensive being broke. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there, but things can change. Just stick around, stick with me, hang with me change your environment you can change your life and if you manage your money i promise you <laughs> you will change your life so anyway thank you so much for listening i do really appreciate you being here i love you and god bless M-P-S. i said we talking about my- i